Section 23 of The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume 1B. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government by Jefferson Davis, Volume 1B. Part 4, Chapter 9A The Coercion of Missouri Answers of the Governors of States to President Lincoln's Requisition for Troops Restorations of Forts Caswell and Johnson to the United States Government Condition of Missouri similar to that of Kentucky Hostilities how initiated in missouri agreement between generals price and harney its favorable effects general harney relieved of command by the united states government because of his pacific policy removal of public arms from missouri searches for and seizure of arms missouri on the side of peace Address of General Price to the People Proclamation of Governor Jackson To preserve the Union in the spirit and for the purposes for which it was established, an equilibrium between the states, as grouped in sections, was essential. When the territory of Missouri constitutionally applied for admission as a state into the Union, the struggle between state rights and that sectional aggrandizement which was seeking to destroy the existing equilibrium gave rise to the contest which shook the union to its foundation and sowed the seeds of geographical divisions which have borne the most noxious weeds that have choked our political vineyard again in eighteen sixty one Missouri appealed to the Constitution for the vindication of her rights, and again did usurpation and the blind rage of a sectional party disregard the appeal and assume powers not only undelegated, but in direct violation of the fourth section of the fourth article of the Constitution, which every federal officer had sworn to maintain, and which secured to every state a republican government and protection against invasion if it be contended that the invasion referred to must have been by other than the troops of the united states and that their troops were therefore not prohibited from entering a state against its wishes and for purposes hostile to its policy the section of the constitution referred to fortifies the fact heretofore noticed of the refusal of the convention when forming the constitution to delegate to the federal government power to coerce a state by its last clause it was provided that not even to suppress domestic violence could the general government on its own motion send troops of the united states into the territory of one of the states that section reads thus Quote, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this Union 
a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence End quote. surely if federal troops could not be sent into a state without its application even to protect it against domestic violence still less could it be done to overrule the will of its people that instead of an obligation upon the citizens of other states to respond to a call by the president for troops to invade a particular state it was in april eighteen sixty one deemed a high crime to so use them references here made to the published answers of the governors of states which had not seceded to the requisition made upon them for troops to be employed against the states which had seceded governor letcher of virginia replied to the requisition of the united states secretary of war as follows quote, i am requested to detach from the militia of the state of virginia the quota designated in a table which you append to serve as infantry or riflemen for the period of three months unless sooner discharged in reply to this communication i have only to say that the militia of virginia will not be furnished to the powers at washington for any such use or purpose as they have in view your object is to subjugate the southern states and a requisition made upon me for such an object an object in my judgment not within the purview of the constitution or the act of seventeen ninety five will not be complied with governor magoffin of kentucky replied quote, your dispatch is received in answer i say emphatically kentucky will furnish no troops for the wicked purpose of subduing her sister southern states governor harris of tennessee replied Quote, Tennessee will not furnish a single man for coercion, but fifty thousand if necessary for the defense of our rights or those of our southern brothers. End quote. Governor Jackson of Missouri answered quote, Requisition is illegal, unconstitutional, revolutionary, inhuman, diabolical and cannot be complied with governor rector of arkansas replied quote, in answer to your requisition for troops from arkansas to subjugate the southern states i have to say that none will be furnished the demand is only adding insult to injury governor ellis of north carolina responded to the requisition for troops from that state as follows quote, your dispatch is received and if genuine which its extraordinary character leads me to doubt i have to say in reply that i regard the levy of troops made by the administration for the purpose of subjugating the states of the south 
as in violation of the constitution and a usurpation of power i can be no party to this wicked violation of the laws of the country and to this war upon the liberties of a free people you can get no troops from north carolina End quote. governor ellis who had lived long enough to leave behind him an enviable reputation was a fair representative of the conservatism gallantry and tenacity in well-doing of the state over which he presided he died too soon for his country's good and the confederacy seriously felt the loss of his valuable services the prompt and spirited answer he gave to the call upon north carolina to furnish troops for the subjugation of the southern states was the fitting complement of his earlier action in immediately restoring to the federal government forts johnson and caswell which had been seized without proper authority in communicating his action to president buchanan he wrote quote, my information satisfies me that this popular outbreak was caused by a report very generally credited but which for the sake of humanity i hope is not true that it was the purpose of the administration to coerce the southern states and that troops were on their way to garrison the southern ports and to begin the work of subjugation should i receive assurance that no troops will be sent to this state prior to the fourth of march next then all will be peace and quiet here and the property of the united states will be fully protected as heretofore if however i am unable to get such assurances i will not undertake to answer for the consequences the forts in this state have long been unoccupied and their being garrisoned at this time will unquestionably be looked upon as a hostile demonstration and will in my opinion certainly be resisted the plea so constantly made by the succeeding administration as an excuse for its warlike acts that the duty to protect the public property required such action is shown by this letter of governor ellis to have been a plea created by their usurpations but for which there might have been peace as well as safety to property and what was of greater worth the lives the liberties and the republican institutions of the country there was great similarity in the condition of missouri to that of kentucky they were both border states and by their institutions and the origin of a large portion of their citizens were identified with the south both sought to occupy a neutral position in the impending war and offer guarantees of peace and order throughout their territory if left free to control their own affairs both refused to furnish troops to the united states government for the unconstitutional purpose of coercing the southern states both 
because of their stronger affinity to the south than to the north were the objects of suspicion and consequent military occupation by the troops of the united states government at the inception of this unwarrantable proceeding an effort was made by the governor of missouri to preserve the rights of the state without disturbing its relations to the united states government if it had been the policy of the government to allow to missouri the control of her domestic affairs and an exemption from being a party to the violation of the constitution in making war against certain of the states the above described effort of the governor might and probably would have been successful the form and purpose of that effort appear in the compact entered into between major general price commanding the militia or missouri state guard and general harney of the united states army commanding the department of the west a geographical division which included the state of missouri during a temporary absence of general harney captain lyon commanding the united states forces at st louis initiated hostilities against the state of missouri under the following circumstances in obedience to the militia law of the state an annual encampment was directed by the governor for instruction in tactics camp jackson near st louis was designated for the encampment of the militia of the county in eighteen sixty one here for some days companies of state militia amounting to about eight hundred men under command of brigadier general d m frost were being exercised as is usual upon such occasions they presented no appearance of a hostile camp there were no sentinels to guard against surprise visitors were freely admitted it was the picnic ground for the ladies of the city and everything wore the aspect of merry-making rather than that of grim-visaged war suddenly captain afterward general nathaniel lyon appeared with an overwhelming force of federal troops surrounded this holiday encampment and demanded an unconditional surrender resistance was impracticable and none was attempted the militia surrendered and were confined as prisoners but prisoners of what there was no war and no warrant for their arrest as offenders against the law it is left for the usurpers to frame a vocabulary suited to their act after the return of general harney brigadier general d m frost of the missouri militia appealed to him from his prison the st louis arsenal on may eleventh eighteen sixty one representing that quote, in accordance with the laws of the state of missouri which have been existing for some years and in obedience to the orders of the governor on monday last i entered into an encampment with the militia force of st louis county for the purpose of instructing the same in accordance with the laws of the united states and of this state he further sets forth that every officer and soldier of his command had taken an oath to sustain the constitution and laws of the united states and of the state of missouri 
and that while in the peaceable performance of their duties the encampment was surrounded by the command of captain n lyon united states army and a surrender demanded to which general frost replied as follows quote, camp jackson may tenth eighteen sixty one sir i never for a moment having conceived the idea that so illegal and unconstitutional a demand as i have just received from you would be made by an officer of the united states army am wholly unprepared to defend my command from this unwarranted attack and shall therefore be forced to comply with your demand i am sir very respectfully your obedient servant d frost brigadier general commanding camp jackson m m captain n lyon commanding united states troops End quote. general frost's letter to general harney continues quote, my command was in accordance with the above deprived of their arms and surrendered into the hands of captain lyon after which while thus disarmed and surrounded a fire was opened on a portion of it by his troops and a number of my men put to death together with several innocent lookers-on men women and children on the occasion of the attack upon cap jackson quote, a large crowd of citizens men women and children were gathered around gazing curiously at these strange proceedings when a volley was fired into them killing ten and wounding twenty non-combatants mostly women and children a reign of terror was at once established and the most severe measures were adopted by the federals to overawe the excitement and the rage of the people the massacre at camp jackson produced intense excitement throughout the state the legislature upon receipt of the news passed several bills for the enrollment and organization of the militia and to confer special powers upon the governor of the state by virtue of these general officers were appointed chief of whom was sterling price because of the atrocities at st louis and the violent demonstrations consequent upon them not only in st louis but elsewhere in the state general price well known to be what was termed a union man and not only by his commission as commander-in-chief of the militia of the state but also and even more because of his influence among the people was earnestly solicited by influential citizens of st louis to unite with general harney in a joint effort to restore order and preserve peace with the sanction of governor jackson he proceeded to st louis the headquarters of the department of the west and after some preliminary conference entered into the following agreement which being promulgated to the people was received with general satisfaction and for a time allayed excitement the agreement was as follows quote, st louis may twenty first eighteen sixty one the undersigned officers of the united states government and of the government of the state of missouri for the purpose of removing misapprehension 
and of allaying public excitement, deem it proper to declare publicly that they have this day had a personal interview in this city, in which it has been mutually understood, without the semblance of dissent on either part, that each of them has no other than a common object equally interesting and important to every citizen of Missouri, that of restoring peace and good order to the people of the state in subordination to the laws of the general and state governments. It being thus understood, there seems no reason why every citizen should not confide in the proper officers of the general and state governments to restore quiet and as among the best means of offering no counter-influences we mutually commend to all persons to respect each other's rights throughout the state making no attempt to exercise unauthorized powers as it is the determination of the proper authorities to suppress all unlawful proceedings which can only disturb the public peace general price having by commission full authority over the militia of the state of missouri undertakes with the sanction of the governor of the state already declared to direct the whole power of the state officers to maintaining order within the state among the people thereof general harney publicly declares that this object being assured he can have no occasion as he has no wish to make military movements that might otherwise create excitement and jealousy which he most earnestly desires to avoid we the undersigned do therefore mutually enjoin upon the people of the state to attend to their civil business of whatever sort it may be and it is hoped that the unquiet elements which have threatened so seriously to disturb the public peace may soon subside and be remembered only to be deplored w s harney brigadier general commanding sterling price major general missouri state guard the distinct position of general harney that the military force of the united states should not be used in missouri except in case of necessity together with the emphatic declaration of general price that he had the power and would use it to preserve peace and order in missouri seemed to remove all danger of collision in that state between the federal and local forces in conformity with this understanding general price returned to the capital of the state and sent to their homes the militia who had been assembled there by the governor for the defense of the capital against an anticipated attack by the troops of the united states those who desired to preserve peace in missouri had just cause to be gratified by the favorable prospect now presented those who desired war had equal ground for dissatisfaction a few days after the promulgation of the agreement between general price and general harney the latter was removed from command as many believed because of his successful efforts to allay excitement and avoid war rumors had been in circulation that the missourians were driving the union men from their homes 
and many letters purporting to be written in different parts of the state represented the persecution of union men it was suspected that many of them were written in st louis or inspired by the cabal an incident related in confirmation of the justice of this suspicion is that general harney received a letter from st joseph stating that ex-governor stuart and a number of the most respectable men in st joseph had been driven from their homes and that unless soldiers were soon sent the union men would all have to leave he called upon the hon f p blair an influential citizen of st louis and asked him if he knew the writer of the letter the reply was quote, oh yes he is perfectly reliable you can believe anything he says End quote. general harney said he would write immediately to general price dissatisfaction was then manifested at such delay but two or three days later a letter from ex-governor stuart was published in the st joseph news in which was a marked paragraph of the copy sent to general harney quote, neither i nor any other union man has been driven out of st joe an attempt has been made to evade the conclusion that general harney was relieved of command because of his pacific policy the argument is that the order was dated the sixteenth of may and his agreement with general price was on the twenty-first of the same month an argument more specious than fair as it appears from the letter of president lincoln of may eighteenth eighteen sixty one to hon f p blair that the order sent from the war department to him was to be delivered or withheld at his discretion and that it was not delivered until the thirtieth of the month and until after general harney had not only entered into his agreement with general price but had declined to act upon sensational stories of persecution on which applications were made to send troops into the interior of missouri during the days this order was held for his removal with discretionary power to deliver or withhold it the above recited events occurred and they may fairly be considered as having decided the question of his removal from that command the principal united states arsenal at the west was that near to st louis to it had been transferred a large number of the altered muskets sent from springfield massachusetts so that in 1861 the arms in that arsenal were, perhaps, numerically second only to those at Springfield. These arms, by a conjunction of deceptive and bold measures, were removed from the arsenal in Missouri and transported to Illinois. To whom did those arms belong? Certainly to those whose money had made or purchased them that is to the states in common not to their agent the general government or to a portion of the states which might be in a condition to appropriate them to their special use and in disregard of the rights of their partners 
not satisfied with removing the public arms from the limits of missouri the next step was that in total disrespect of the constitutional right of the citizens to bear arms for their own defense and to be free from searches and seizures except by warrants duly issued the officers of the general government proceeded to search the houses of citizens in st louis and to seize arms wherever they were found missouri had refused to engage in war against her sister states of the south therefore she was first to be disarmed and then to be made the victim of an invasion characterized by such barbarous atrocities as shame the civilization of the age the wrongs she suffered the brave efforts of her unarmed people to defend their hearthstones and their liberties against the desecration and destruction of both form a melancholy chapter in the history of the united states which all who would cherish their fair fame must wish could be obliterated these acts of usurpation and outrage as well upon the political as personal rights of the people of missouri aroused an intense feeling in that state it will be remembered that governor jackson had responded to the call of mr lincoln upon him for troops with the just indignation of one who understood the rights of the state and the limited powers of the general government his stern refusal to become a party to the war upon the south made him the object of special persecution by his side in this critical juncture stood the gallant veteran general price to the latter was confided the conduct of the military affairs of the state and after exhausting every effort to maintain order by peaceful means and seeing that the government would recognize no other method than that of force he energetically applied himself to raise troops and procure arms so as to enable the state to meet force by force during this and all the subsequent period the governor and the general were ably seconded by the accomplished gallant and indefatigable lieutenant governor reynolds the position of Missouri in 1860-1861 was unquestionably that of opposition to the secession of the state. The people generously confided in the disposition of the general government to observe their rights and continued to hope for a peaceful settlement of the questions then agitating the country. This was evinced by the fact that not a single secessionist was elected to the state convention, and that General Price, an avowed Union man, was chosen as president of the convention. Hence the general satisfaction with the agreement made between Generals Harney and Price for the preservation of peace and non-intervention by the Army of the United States. General Harney, the day before the order for his removal was communicated to him wrote to the war department expressing his confidence in the preservation of peace in missouri 
and used this significant expression quote, interference by unauthorized parties as to the course i shall pursue can alone prevent the realization of these hopes End quote. the unauthorized parties here referred to could not have been the people or the government of missouri others than they must have been the parties wishing to use force provocative of hostilities as has been heretofore stated after his agreement with general harney at st louis general price returned to the capital and dismissed to their homes the large body of militia that had been there assembled after the removal of general harney believed to be in consequence of his determination to avoid the use of military force against the people of missouri reports were rife of a purpose on the part of the administration at washington to disarm the citizens of missouri who did not sympathize with the views of the federal government and to put arms into the hands of those who could be relied on to enforce them on the fourth of june general price issued an address to the people of missouri and in reference to that report said quote, the purpose of such a movement could not be misunderstood and it would not only be a palpable violation of the agreement referred to and an equally plain violation of our constitutional rights but a gross indignity to the citizens of this state which would be resisted to the last extremity the call of president lincoln for seventy-five thousand volunteers removed any pre-existing doubt as to the intent to coerce the states which should claim to assert their right of sovereignty missouri while avowing her purpose to adhere to the union had asserted her right to exercise supreme control over her domestic affairs and this put her in the category of a state threatened by the proceedings of the united states government to provide for such contingency as might be anticipated governor jackson on the thirteenth of june issued a call for fifty thousand volunteers and major general price took the field in command in this proclamation governor jackson said quote, a series of unprovoked and unparalleled outrages has been inflicted on the peace and dignity of this commonwealth and upon the rights and liberties of its people by wicked and unprincipled men professing to act under the authority of the government of the united states in his endeavor to maintain the peace of the state and to avert if possible from its borders a civil war he caused the aforementioned agreement to be made with the commander of the northern forces in the state by which its peace might be preserved that officer was promptly removed by his government the governor then upon the increase of hostile actions proposed at an interview with the new officer commanding the forces of the united states government to disband the state guard and break up its organization to disarm all companies that had been armed by the states to pledge himself not to organize the militia under the military bill 
that no arms or munitions of war should be brought into the state that he would protect the citizens equally in all their rights regardless of their political opinions that he would repress all insurrectionary movements within the states would repel all attempts to invade it from whatever quarter and by whosoever made and would maintain a strict neutrality and preserve the peace of the state and further if necessary he would invoke the assistance of the united states troops to carry out the pledges the only conditions to this proposition made by the governor were that the united states government should undertake to disarm the home guard which it had illegally organized and armed throughout the state and pledge itself not to occupy with its troops any localities in the state not occupied by them at that time end of chapter nine a recording by bill mosley llano county texas u s a